For the past few weeks, we have been in a series called How to Find a Healthy Church. In week one, we talked all about the people. What does a healthy church community look like? In week two, we talked about the pastor. And this week, we're going to be talking about the preaching. How can we know if our churches are handling scripture and the word of God well? Well, believe it or not, the Bible actually gives us a framework for what this looks like. And so that's what we're going to be taking a look at today as we wrap up this series called How to Find a Healthy Church. Welcome to the True Discipleship Podcast. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the True Discipleship Podcast. My name is Morgan. And I'm Aaron. And we just want to say welcome to either your first episode or to another episode of the True Discipleship Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to come and hang out with us. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcast, uh, we would love it if you would leave us an honest five-star review. Uh, and if you are checking us out on YouTube, it would mean the world to us if you hit subscribe, like this video, and leave us a comment down in the comment section. We promise by the end of this episode, we'll have asked for some sort of like comment with like a some sort of like discussion topic that sounds so formal um but we'll ask something that we would love to uh get your feedback in the comments and and even if we don't just let us know what stands out to you what what parts of the conversation you find uh valuable and important and uh yeah we would love to get back with you on that sort of stuff yeah, we, we're small now, so we can respond uh, to those comments. But the fun thing is, is that it'll just come from like our page. So you won't know if it's me or Aaron responding to your comment. Yeah, I'll probably pretend to be you a lot, <laughs> but it's fine. Yeah. So we're going to dive right in. Uh, I, I just want to kick us off with why are we talking about this? Yeah, um, man, what a huge question, right? Can your church handle the Bible? Um, I love that because I feel like it's, uh, I don't know about you, but it kind of makes me defensive mm-hmm. <laughs> at first glance. Yeah. I'm just kind of like, yeah, of course my, my church can handle the Bible. Look at me handling the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> but when we say handle, what we're talking about is, is it's kind of twofold. On one hand, we're talking about, are you able to handle it in the same way that, um, when you give a teenager new responsibilities, you're asking them, can you handle this? Mm. Uh, are you emotionally, are you mentally, and are you spiritually well enough or healthy enough in a place to handle, uh, honestly, the hard truths that the Bible presents to us a lot of times? Um, most people don't have an issue with the easy, quote-unquote, fluffy parts of the Bible that are the encouraging Bible verses that, you know, your grandma has stitched on a pillow somewhere. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff in there that that we don't really know what to do with well as as, as a church. Um, and so that kind of brings up the other side of it is, is does your church context handle it in the sense of, uh, is it doing the word of God justice? Uh, which feels, you know, pretty impossible. <laughs> it's the <laughs> word of God. So yeah. even our best attempts to try to make it make sense and have conversations around it and stuff are always going to fall short. Uh, but what I mean by that is, is are we giving it its due diligence? Is it when it's presented, is it presented well? When it's studied, is it studied well? Is it is it given uh, in full context? Is the full counsel of the Bible uh, um, uh, considered or um, 
is it just kind of butchered to to make it into whatever it is that that we want it to look like, you know? And so that's those are kind of the two things that we're going to be talking about in this conversation. So that's the what that we're going to talk about, but there there's always a why behind any conversation that we have on the podcast. We always have a why. We feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had and needs to be had right now. Um and I think if we look at what's going on in the church right now, we see a lot of people deconstructing or this movement towards progressive Christianity. And um, that's definitely, for me, I feel like a scary place to be. But why? Like, (laughs) progressive sounds like a good thing. Shouldn't we be making progress? Yes. Yes, progress sounds good. But that doesn't translate to my Christian life. Like, I don't Mm. don't carry that um, same, well, to a point. Okay. Yeah, clarify. (laughs) Story time. Um, I think there is a safe place to ask, why do we do certain things? But when I say a safe place, Mm -hmm. there needs to be somebody who understands the Bible and the context Mm -hmm. and why we do the things that we do. I think that's where deconstruction can be a good thing. Okay. I say deconstruction can be a good thing in the same way that I say progress is a good thing. Uh, I do not think that deconstruction in and of itself is the answer. I do not think that progressive Christianity in and of itself is the answer. What I do think, though, is that uh, when we look at our lives, we have to be able to deconstruct in the sense of what is it that I'm not doing correctly, but then there has to come a reconstruction. And the question at that point becomes, well, what am I using as the metric in which I'm reconstructing my life, in which I'm building up my life, right? Uh, I love John Mark Comer. He's the author of Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. He has a video or a sermon that he did on deconstruction. And uh, he, he it was actually an interview. And he, the way he said it was so, I never thought about this way, but he's like Matthew 5 through 7, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount is deconstruction. Oh, you he's used to saying, think this way. He's saying, yeah. you used to think this way, but I'm telling you, this is actually what life is all about. So in that sense, every Christian is called to a life of making progress of, oh yeah, once I was dead, but now I'm alive. Once I was blind, but now I see. Um, but we are not to think that, oh, the the, the Bible had it wrong. Uh, we can do a better job. Uh, the Bible is outdated. It's old. It shouldn't be. It's, it's, it's interpretation is up to us. Um, and unfortunately, that's what we see happening in a lot of church communities today. Yeah, it's that comma, but like yep. when you talk about deconstruction, everything I've seen for deconstruction has just been deconstruction and there's never been the reconstruction. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you building back up? Because yep. you like take it all down and then you start to insert your own stuff and you're like, well, this is, I believe this. So that's what I'm going to put back in the place of something that was biblically founded. And, yep. and that's when it gets scary and it gets messy. So what do we do about that? What do we do when we, or better yet, a question is, is how can we tell if our churches are healthy in the sense that they are adhering to uh, the purpose of the gospel or the purpose of the word of God and that they're handling it correctly and well? Well, thankfully for us, the Bible actually tells us exactly um, what the Bible's job is and how it should be lived out in a community. So let's take a look at it.
All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a look at a passage uh, that's actually kind of closely related to the passage we looked at in last week's episode. Um, but this time, instead of being in 1 Timothy, we're going to be in 2 Timothy. Um, we're going to look at 2 Timothy 3.16. I always remember where this passage is. When I was in youth group, we did a series called like the other 3.16s. Mm-hmm. It was like John 3.16 is the one that everybody knows, but like there are other ones that are really important. Um, and this is one of them. Um, and I think this is actually really cool. But actually, let's let's backtrack. Um just a little bit. I want to go back to verse 14. So this is still Paul. Paul is writing to Timothy, who is again, is a young church leader. Uh, I believe he's in Ephesus at the time and he's actually charging him as a, as a, a, a pastor, as an elder for this church, um, on how to faithfully handle the word of God. So we're just going to go ahead and read it and then we'll just go through and unpack it. Um, and cause there's plenty in here. I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about. It says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Um, so just initial thoughts, what stands out to you in there? That we could read that verse and in the episode. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) probably so. Right. I mean, this definitely talks about the role of scripture in the life of a believer. Um, I think that, yeah, but I I think that there's a, a perspective shift that comes in this. Um, there's something that the Bible inherently does inherently, excuse me, inherently does by itself. Uh, unless we look at it otherwise, unless we look at it a certain way. And so, yeah, what is to say that a church is handling the Bible? Well, I think it's accomplishing all the things that, that the, the preaching is accomplishing all the things that this passage says it was. Is there anyone particular that stands out to you or any sort of any point in there? Yeah. Um, I think we oftentimes want to walk away from a sermon on a Sunday morning feeling just good like mm. filled up yep just warm on the inside like oh life is great uh but there is a part in this that says to make us realize what is wrong in our lives and that's not that's not fun that no <laughs> it's not fun it's it's the ick that we yep. refer to uh when we get uncomfortable we feel um oh my goodness what is that word convicted convicted there we go <laughs> when we feel convicted about mm. something we call conviction the ick i'm pretty sure and like every context that we've ever yeah. said that makes me feel icky it's <laughs> been conviction um yeah like being like pointing out what is wrong in your life and not what is wrong in the sense of like these things aren't as good as they should be like oh your like house isn't as like, oh okay nice. yeah yeah like you know your house isn't as nice as it should mm-hmm. be, or you're not driving the newest car. Like, I don't think... Yeah, the Bible's not roasting you. No, no. Yeah. It's saying, like, what is wrong in our lives? Like, where in our lives are we not aligned with the heart of Jesus? Yeah, where are we sinful? Where are things not in accordance with the way that God designed it to be? And I think that is huge. Uh, I think so many people feel like there's an issue with calling out sin. Mm. but that is the purpose of the scripture. So in theory, if you are preaching the scripture, there's going to be calling out sin is a natural part of the process. Uh, I, I always think about it this way. I always think about John the Baptist 
I feel so... You want to talk about the ick? I feel the <laughs> ick whenever I read anything about John the Baptist because his whole message is repent for the kingdom of God is near. And I feel the ick because I always imagine the guy standing on the street corner with a bullhorn and like doing the turn or burn message. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what John the Baptist looks like for me in my mind. But the truth is, is that John the Baptist was preparing the way for Jesus. He was foretold that he would do this and clearly obviously was given this message and was doing it the way that he was supposed to be doing it. So I always wonder like, man, would John the Baptist, would the other apostles, would Jesus be allowed to teach in my church? Or would we say, oh, they're too exclusive or they're too um uh too uh extreme extreme too harsh they're not loving enough right here's the thing you know how you always have those times where you invite a friend to church and you're like super <laughs> nervous about what they're going to say could you imagine inviting your friend to church and John the Baptist is preaching that day or the apostle <laughs> Paul is preaching that day like that's ins- like i can i would probably feel so uncomfortable and the question is why like, why are we uncomfortable by the truth and the weight of scripture. I think to your point, it should make us uncomfortable in the sense of there's this dis-ease that uh, there's something in my soul that isn't right. Uh, There is some sort of harmony with God in my soul that isn't happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there should be a natural sort of discomfort that or spiritual discomfort that comes from that. Uh, But we shouldn't feel uncomfortable by the truth, like of people Mm -hmm. hearing the truth. This might get us off topic and I'm sorry, but do you think that the teaching of today has lost the sense of urgency? 100%. I mean, John the Baptist, like, Jesus was born. Yeah. So John the Baptist was like, yeah, I got to prepare the way because he's like 10 days behind me. Mm-hmm. Whereas now. No, this there's so much truth to this. And I don't even think you, re- I, I think it's important to, to recognize how much biblical perspective comes in to the messages that were given. Uh, so for example, John the Baptist, uh, for example, Paul, um, any of the apostles, when they start talking about, um, Hey, Jesus is coming back soon. They thought Jesus was coming back in their lifetime. Mm. There was a sense of urgency of like, yo, last time Jesus said he was leaving, he was only gone for three days and he's back. So, uh, so, you know, we don't know how long Jesus is going to be gone. So there was definitely a sense of urgency to their message. Um, you even look at John's language, the kingdom of God is near. He's saying it's, 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 it's closer than you think it is. So let's live and move towards that sort of thing. Um, I think it's even interesting when you consider biblical perspectives to look at what Paul is telling Timothy in this verse. Um, he says in verse 14, you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught past tense. Then he says, you have been taught the Holy scriptures from childhood. Now, what's interesting about that is, is that this, this is the Bible, like second Timothy is Mm. in the Bible. (laughs) So everything that Paul is talking about to Timothy, the large majority of it, uh, I would love to look at like timelines and I'm sorry for not doing more research about this coming into the episode. I didn't know we were going to get to this point, but a lot of what, what Timothy would have had to read was the old Testament. Mm Mm-hmm. It wouldn't have been the New Testament. It wouldn't have been the letters to these different churches and all this other stuff, right? I mean, some of them may have passed through Timothy's hands, but for the majority of it, it was all the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is the part that, at least today, the modern church, we have a big problem with. (laughs) That's the part that uh, I would say progressive uh, Christianity feels the need to um, try to whitewash or to get rid of or do away with because, oh, those ideas are so antiquated and so old and all this other stuff. No, this was 
this was Timothy's Bible. In 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 look at what he says in verse 16. He says, All scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what's wrong in our lives. So he's saying all of it, which at that time was only a portion of it. Even the parts we don't like is useful towards doing all these things. Yeah, this is totally silly. Um, the All the genealogy that is written yeah. in the Bible, I'm just like, there. I was, I was literally sitting down reading uh, Acts mm-hmm. yesterday. John? Luke. Luke. You were in Luke. Ah, thank you. <laughs> you can tell how much you retained. I was in Luke and I turned the page and it was so-and-so, but got so-and-so. And I was like, God, please show me how this is useful yeah how this is good and useful and that i need like that this is included in the bible yeah and i need to read it did you get there i'm just curious um did you figure out why no we'll talk about it all fair i i <laughs> do know why that's in there because i've asked that question myself as well but i think that is that's a part of handling the text right it's a part of handling the bible well is trying to figure out okay god i trust that your word is true and i trust that there is value in it for me um and so uh, I'm going to do the work. Now, this is where the healthy church part comes in. This is where the community of faith comes in because we're the True Discipleship Podcast. <laughs> so yes. I'm assuming that everyone listening to this is uh, either a disciple of Jesus or is considering following Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, we often as individuals don't do a great job of handling the Bible well. When I say that, um, this is a, a, I admit it's a blanket statement that I know is not true of everyone, but I think a large majority, I'm sure you could look up statistics on just Bible literacy and all this other stuff, uh, but I think a large majority of us, and I know I did for a very long time of my faith, relied on what does the church tell me the Bible means to be the be all end all. And I never sought things out for myself. I never questioned things for myself. I never tried to figure out, okay, but why is that true? Or what does that mean? And it's so much, it's a big part of my story. I don't remember if I've shared this on the podcast before or not. If I have, I'm sorry. Uh, But I know for me, I remember there was one time I had someone ask me, hey, is God good? And I said, yeah. And they said, well, why? And I didn't have an answer for it. Because all I had been, all I had known of my experience with God was, what pastor so-and-so said on the stage and I never gotten a chance to interact with an experience myself. And so if the Bible is living and active sharper than any two edged sword, um, man, if you don't interact with that yourself, you're not going to have that, right. You're not going to know how to, how to, how to feed and withhold yourself. However, if you were looking for a healthy church, it is so important to make sure that they are prioritizing handling scripture well and that they're living it out well. I think in order for us to figure out is a church handling scripture well, I think your church should be accomplishing the same things that scripture should accomplish. So for example, if scripture has a a goal or if it has certain things that it does as Timothy, you know, as uh, Paul is laying out here in Timothy, uh, then the byproduct of spending time in that thing should be evident in our lives, right? It should be the, the fruit that kind of bears out. So I think if you're trying to figure out, am I at a healthy church? I think you kind of look at verses 16 and 17 as a, as a, a bit of a checklist, um, mm-hmm. for lack of better terms. The same way that we looked at the qualifications of a pastor on the last episode, we look at this. It says that all scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true 
and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. So the ick that you've mentioned, when you listen to a sermon at your church, if you want to question, is this biblically sound? Uh, I think you have to ask yourself is, is it useful? Does it teach me what's true? And does it help me realize what's wrong in the life? I think that's a really, really good place to start. Um, I think, and then you just kind of go down through the rest of the verse, right? It corrects us when we were wrong and teaches us to do what's right. This is where I think the church has made some, I think, healthy progress. I think for so long, the church was kind of like a, uh, we're going to tell you where you're wrong, Mm. but we're not going to teach you what to do right. Or we're not going to teach you what is right, rather, right? Because it's not about doing. But it's it's we haven't done a great job historically. I feel of saying um, this is what's right. It it was a lot of you're a sinner, you're going to hell, all this stuff. But there was never an alternative. There was no hope. And I think that that healthy teaching around scripture actually does accomplish these things. And then finally, God uses it to prepare and equip His people to do every good work. When you leave church, do you feel empowered to do every good work? Do you feel this sense of God is calling me into something bigger? Um, And if not, then maybe your church isn't handling scripture correctly. If every time that you hear a sermon, you walk away thinking, I'm the best. I'm just so good. I'm incredible. There's, you know, uh, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And then one day I'm going to get blessed and I don't have to change anything about my life. There's no sacrifice a surrender that has to happen in my life there's no uh handing things over to god that has to happen in my life i'm just gonna keep on keeping on and keeping the faith and things are gonna be good does that sound like second timothy 3 16 through 17 you just opened up a whole nother can of worms we don't have time to get actually <laughs> go ahead and listen back to one of our old episodes we we got into this verse uh, i'm gonna see if i can find it yeah, we talk about this early on. I believe it's either in like episode one or episode two. It's at the very beginning. So go back and listen to those previous ones. We actually do dive into that verse a little bit and we talk about that idea. But man, he, this is so spot on. All right, so we're going to, this is our favorite part. We always like to figure out, okay, we've talked about this stuff. How do we, how do we actually live it out now? Um, and so you have a couple of, a uh, couple of suggestions about that. <laughs> I do. Yeah. So the first thing is that you can fact check the teaching that you hear. No one is telling you that you have to take exactly what the teacher has said to you as like the end all be all. Um, can I add something to that? I don't think it ever should be. No. Like, if you're not unpacking these things, either, like, in a small group or, like, man, let's not leave the message on the shelves. Like, when we hear that, I mean, if this stuff is useful to do what Second Timothy says is useful to do, who are we just to let it go in one ear and out the other, right? We should be soaking ourselves in that at least for the week um, and trying to figure out how it applies to our lives. Yeah. Wow. I just thought of like seven more practical applications just from the sentence you said. So in these practical applications, I'm already making the assumption that people take notes during church. And I don't know that that's a fair assumption to make. I think some people just like show up and listen. And if you have a great memory, awesome. 
when, more power to you. Yeah. Like if I go see a movie by the end of it, I don't remember how it started. I taught this morning and I barely remember what I said. And you run over that. So run over. It sounds like you're like driving a car yeah, over. And you like practice that and you talk like you talk through it so many times and you still don't remember. And for us to like hear a message once and I, I just don't think like just listening is the best way to retain a message. For, uh, studies show that people remember 10% of what they hear. Wow. 10% of what they hear. 20% of what they read. 80% of what they see. So mm. even still, if all you're doing is listening to the message without really soaking into it. Um, also, I did just like actually look that up. Speaking of fact checking, I just looked it up. <laughs> so if you heard the clickety clack on my laptop, that's what that was. But did yeah. those percentages compound like 10% retain, retention for hearing plus 80% if I see um, it? I just looked the little blurb that came up. I didn't really fact check. I Googled and then mm. I looked at the first result that came up. But I, I, I've heard this stat before. Um, yeah. Uh, but then there's like a Mythbuster that said that people only retain 20%. Here you go. You don't need Google to tell you. Can you remember the message you heard two weeks ago? Can you remember everything we talked about in the last podcast episode if you didn't just listen to it an hour ago? Mm. Probably not. So that's just, it's human nature. Okay. So let me insert like a couple practical applications that I was making the assumption were happening, but maybe they're not. You're taking notes or whether that be pen and paper on your phone or um, I think like being able to go back and listening to recordings of a message counts as like taking notes, like the ability to rerun over something Mm. um, gets me to the point of you should fact check the things that you're hearing in any sort of teaching. Um, There's a great example of this in Acts when uh, Paul and Silas are Mm. uh, with the Bereans and they, um, I'm just going to read it. Yeah. they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Fact check. The and that was, <laughs> and can we just talk about it? That was because they had a level of reverence and respect for themselves. There was a part of them that says, listen, we're not just going to listen to what anybody tells us, but we, if the gospel is the most important message the world has ever known, that isn't something that we can, put in someone else's hands that's something that we should own Mm. um i mean this is the reason why we go to church we don't go to church just so we can hear one person say some stuff it's so that we can have a community that we live these things out with and practice these things with and talk through these things with um so yeah i would say i would also add to that if i can uh, i would say don't just do it by yourself either Mm. because we're all prone to make mistakes we're all prone to just need help navigating through some things. Uh, the truth is, is that if you're taking notes, when you listen to a sermon, you're probably going to make a note of something that um, maybe doesn't make a ton of sense to you, but you want it to make more sense. Mm-hmm. Don't just limit yourself to you. You're a part of the community of believers. I mean, I would say if you're in a context where you're allowed, like, I would not say allowed. Um, if you're in a context where you're able um, easily to ask your pastor, Hey, what did you mean by that thing? Then do it. That's, that's what all this stuff is there for. When you take notes and you are fact-checking, you're going and you're looking at the context and you're making sure like this scripture was handled properly in the teaching that I heard, um, you can call out false teaching. And I think that goes back to our previous episodes where um, when I say call out, that I feel like that sounds so like... Stand up in church and point your <laughs> point a finger at the stage and yeah Heretic. like <laughs> you are not treating the scripture properly um that sounded i have so- heard stories of that happening before 
Oh, wow. Yeah, in church settings. Wow. Um, I'm on the fence about it. <laughs> I'm I just, always like a good ruffling of the feathers. <laughs> what would you do if someone stood up in the middle of one of like you teaching and said that? In that situation, I would genuinely probably be like, can you explain yourself? I really, I really, I I'm shouldn't gonna, say I'm that because now somebody's going to do it. <laughs> Too many people we go to church would listen to this uh, yeah. podcast and somebody's going to stand up and be like, you, yeah. it's going to be me the next time you teach. I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> just going to stand up and be like, you are missing. Heresy. <laughs> You're missing. Yeah, I hope scripture. your voice sounds just like the heresy. <laughs> it's like the Mortal Kombat guy. It's like the opposite of uh, taking in helium. I need the like <laughs> other stuff to make it. Like, make it. Yeah. Make, make it, it deeper. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> what are we talking about? <laughs> Uh, when you are being diligent about um, fact checking and making sure that the scripture is being handled properly when you're listening to teaching, um, it sets you up well to to call out that's mm-hmm. you know to point out false teaching. Um, in Galatians, it says to do so humbly and with grace. Yeah, I don't think standing up in the middle of a no. sermon is humble or graceful. That's a good so. way to get thrown out. <laughs> I mean, real talk, like, yeah. Um, yeah, unless it's something like absolutely egregious. I don't know, man. Jesus flipped over tables. I think you can stand <laughs> up and shout. I'm sorry. I'm adding fuel to fires, but yeah. No, that's actually really good. I have a friend who lives in Texas, and a part of him finding his church was uh, he heard something, I think, in like the, one of the first messages that he had either, I don't remember if he was there in person or if he had heard it online. And he emailed the pastor about it later that week. And he's a pastor as well. Um, It's kind of like in between jobs. So he wasn't like on staff at a church at the time. But he emailed the pastor and was like, hey, listen, you said this. And I don't think that's a proper understanding of this passage. Here's what I what I actually think, you know, looking at proper context and all this other stuff. And the the guy emailed him back. He either emailed him or called him back and said, hey, thank you so much for saying something about this. Can we get coffee and talk about it more? And guess which church he goes to now? That one. Wow. Yeah. Because, I mean, if that story doesn't encapsulate everything we've been talking about the last three episodes, I don't know what does. All right. We're getting a little long here. Let's go ahead and move on to number three. Number three, practical application. You should be able to ask yourself three questions and answer them when you finish hearing a message. I was going to leave it at you should be able to ask yourself three questions. Well, you can ask yourself any question. I could have wrote what color is the sky on this. And you can ask yourself that question. But you should be able to ask it and answer it as a result of, oh, what, of what, you just, mm-hmm. uh, what you just heard. Yep. What is true slash good slash right? Mm-hmm. What am I doing wrong? How is this preparing and equipping me to do good work? Yep. I literally just rewrote <laughs> Second no, Timothy. I, I didn't realize. You know, it's so great to see when we're on the same brainwave. We can use a recap because people only uh, retain 10% <laughs> of what they hear. And some people are only retaining that statement for the very first time. This is but very meta over you here. Were, you were so holy earlier and you were like, it's fir- Second Timothy. First Timothy? What did we read? Second Timothy. <laughs> um yeah, and then yeah. I was like, no, I'm going to rewrite it. I'm going to put it in my own words. But that is, man, another practical application. Sometimes putting things in your own words really helps you retain information better than just straight copying mm. somebody else's words. Yeah. 
So here we go. The three things that you can walk away with from this episode is one, fact check your teaching. Take a note from Acts chapter 17 of Paul and Silas and Berea. Uh, number two, um, call out false teaching humbly and with grace. And then number three, uh, which is actually technically number one, uh, you should be able to ask yourself the questions. Um, compare the messages that you hear um, to Second Timothy chapter three, verses sixteen through seventeen, and saying, "Did this message accomplish those things?" Uh, because that will help you understand whether or not the message was a biblical one. So I think that's going to wrap things up for this series that we've been in on how to find a healthy church. And man, we really hope that's been helpful for you. We've had a lot of really great conversations with people in passing um, that we've seen out and about who have been listening to these episodes. Uh, and it's just sparked really good conversation. We want to have conversation with you as well. So uh, if you are watching on YouTube, feel free to go ahead and throw a, a comment down in the comment box below. Uh, but also I realize that this is one of those things that can be a little unsettling for some people. Um, maybe it causes you to question or just kind of reevaluate where God has you right now. And so if we can be there to pray with you, um, we want to, we want to be able to do that as well. So I would say, uh, probably the three best ways to get in touch with us, if that's the case, if you want to, uh, reach out to us privately would be to send us a DM either on Instagram or on Facebook. Uh, but you can also email us as well at true discipleship 2021 at gmail.com. Uh, listen, those DMs, those emails, they don't do anything for our analytics and we don't care. We just know that if you need prayer, we want to be here to pray with you because we love you and we care for you and we want to be a community with you. Um, so yeah, so that's that. Now what does help out analytics <laughs> is if this has been helpful for you, uh, if you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and like, leave us an honest five-star review. Uh, if you are watching us, us on YouTube, uh, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. It doesn't take any time. It's free. And if you would have done it, you'd be done by now. So, uh, go ahead and hit that. We love you guys. And, uh, we will not be back next week with a new episode, but we do have some exclusive content coming to YouTube um between now and when we release the next podcast episode so be sure to check that out and also if you watch us stay tuned because when we come back in a couple of weeks we might have a new podcast set up oh yeah a new visual set so <laughs> make sure you're on youtube catch all the fun wild wacky stuff going on over there www.youtube.com <laughs> um that's all i got yeah uh, i was just gonna say we're not gonna get a new set design every three weeks we are not no <laughs> lower your expectations people hey we love you we're so glad you chose to join us here my name is aaron and i'm morgan thanks for listening to the true discipleship podcast